Hello and welcome to another episode of A Spoonful of Recovery. Just as usual, a few trigger warnings. We will be going through mental health and invisible illnesses and also grief. So today I have Adrian on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you very much. Um, if you'd just like to introduce yourself, please. Yep, so I'm Adrian. Most people call me AJ. Um, and I'm the owner of a magazine called Mind Cafe. Um, and then recently we're doing kind of YouTube and TikTok stuff here and there. And TikTok is where I discovered you, where I discovered like half the guests on this podcast. I'm like, yeah. Can you just go through what made you create Mind Cafe? Yeah, um, you want the full the full story? Go for it. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I've always been interested in self-improvement, just in general, uh, since I was quite young. And always, yeah, just, just relied on that to, to keep me sane, I guess, along the way. And throughout that journey, I had a girlfriend from the age of 13 to about 19, 20-ish, I think. And yeah, she was diagnosed with brain cancer out of nowhere. So she passed away about three years ago. And when that happened, it was, can I swear? Can yeah, I swear? it was it just kind of fucked me up. You know, I was just like, shit, how on earth am I going to be happy on my own? Because that relationship was all I'd ever known, you know, from the age of 13. So my whole adult brain was like centered around this thing um and yeah so I just started reading and I started doing the self-improvement stuff again and yeah just just kind of became obsessed with it and it helped so I was like this is helping me and, and I've only just discovered all of this and how beneficial it is so I should share that oh a voice crack there I should share that and I did so I started writing about it online and then I thought well you know, I was 20 at the time 23 now but as a 20 year old then I just thought there's only so much I could I know about all of this stuff so I should bring other people on board and you know just just start that conversation so I did and yeah six months later it was getting like two and a half million views a month blew up and uh used the money to create the magazine so yeah and that's amazing and sorry to hear about your loss I mean it's I can't imagine someone going through that because mm -hmm. I've not had that much grief yet but as I get older it is one of those things that I fear because mm -hmm. I feel like it's going to happen at some point. You mentioned self-improvement. What did that look like for you? Because that term's thrown around quite a lot. Yeah, good question. I mean, a lot of things really. Uh, you read a lot of different, different things, different opinions when you're in that situation. Not all of them are useful. But uh, the, the whole like stoic philosophy thing helped a lot you know, just accepting what you can't control um, and dealing with the things that you can. And that really resonated with me because for about two or three months, I was convinced that I could fix it, you know, that I could like cure brain cancer. Um, and I do think that's just the, the denial part of grief, you know. And then I started reading, I think it was called Letters to a Stoic or, or something like that by like Seneca, one of these really smart philosopher guys. And it, that's the book that was like, yeah, you know, focus on what you can control and, and forget what you can't. And then I just sort of had this switch where I was like, yeah, okay. A few other similar things or little little things that stuck with me was just the idea of like accepting, well, accepting the things you can't control, accepting things as they are. Yeah, if you can't control it, it's not really worth thinking about because it's going to be that way no matter how much you think about it. So it was less like practical, you know, I did this every day, I did that, and more like, reframing my understanding of the situation and of course things like meditation helped the, the the generic stuff that everyone talks about does work you know the the meditation the, the spending time with family and friends um accepting that 
I not every day was going to be perfect. Like it was going to feel like shit. I couldn't really get around that. And just allowing myself to feel like shit. You know, even if that looked like sitting in bed all day sometimes, just just dealing with it um, in a natural kind of way. Acceptance is quite a big thing. And it's something that I've had to learn because I got diagnosed with a medically unexplained brain condition in 2020. Mm. But because there's not enough research about it, I was told to go home and be more positive. <laughs> um, which really doesn't always help and it was during like the height of the pandemic mm. so it was an A&E and they were just like we'll stop going into seizures then and I was like I I'm really not doing this to myself and they were like stop making it open I just went through this whole journey and it took me like nearly a year to accept the fact that I was ill because I was someone who was in business did a lot of public speaking traveled around the world alone mm. and all of a sudden I'm bed bound and people are saying, just be happy. But then I accepted it and I just thought, you know what, like my mental health just deteriorated so badly, but everyone around me was trying to fix me with like external things, like just take the tablets and the tablets will work. And it's yeah. almost like I had to sometimes make it look like it was okay, just for the sake of everyone else, because yeah. it was like, you know, and I get a lot of support from people around me because they were just like, well, if the doctors are saying you're fine, then you must be. And I was like, I'm really dropping on the floor and I don't know why. And everyone was like, well, you're not the expert. And it was just like, I don't know. It's like that year wasn't even real for me. Did you have a lot of support? Did you struggle with your mental health at all? Yeah, it was support's been great. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't really have therapy which was, was a terrible idea you know I, I definitely should have um but I did in in like the past six months go to like one counseling session and she was just rubbish and I'm not trying to put anyone off like I think it's a lesson that is find the right person for you find the right therapist because they're not all gonna be that great um but at the time you know three years ago I didn't but I think I didn't feel like I needed it because I've got a lot of very good friends and family around me and I felt supported there like there was always somebody that would pick up the phone there was always somebody to chat to so yeah I did feel supported even though I didn't seek the the necessary professional support yeah I think getting the right support goes a long way because I think I went through about seven or eight therapists right and, um, some of them were just like just have a cup of tea and I was like I don't drink tea I drink coffee just, yeah, just drink, yeah. they just drink some coffee connect with a friend I was like that's not been working so far and they mm. were just like um yeah you know like you you traveled around the world so you know it's not that bad and I was like telling you I'm bed bound <laughs> it's yeah, not working yeah exactly yeah. like you wouldn't make it out to be harder than it is because yeah but people just don't always understand do they yeah and with grief I went to before the pandemic I went to this like exhibition and the speaker was talking about grief and he used to take like photographs of people he used to take like photographs and then take the same image without their their loved ones who had passed away unfortunately and he was talking about grief and he just said that like the first two weeks everyone was there for you and then it's like the grief is meant to stop but for him he did I think he lost both his parents and his sister and he was just like no, but then the birthdays happen and there's all these like reminders and stuff. Yeah. Do you have like coping mechanisms for that? Do, do things like that affect you? Um, no, they don't. 
and I'm I'm weird in that sense, but I when I was growing up, I think I was very sentimental, whereas now I'm not, because I guess it kind of is a coping mechanism, although it's not forced, like I just don't attach to the birthdays. Yeah, I I don't attach to the birthdays or the anniversaries, really. And I know a lot of people around me do, and, and that's fine. Like everyone has their ways, but I just try and see that as another day. Like she's on my mind every day anyway. You know, I'm not gonna dedicate that one day to thinking about her more. Like I'll just deal with it how however feels right. So I don't feel that there's like a need to sort of deploy coping mechanisms when those reminders come up but maybe the coping mechanism itself is actually just not treating them as reminders do you know what I mean yeah yeah no that's a good point but it's true about the the grief thing yeah at the beginning obviously everyone rallies up around you um and that does fade away but I just think it's important to like a lot a lot of people want to help and they might just not think to ask and when they do ask in the stream, you say, yeah, thanks. Like, I'll let you know. I'll be fine, whatever. Like, they, most people won't ask again. But if you ask them for that support, you know, they would want to be there for you because everyone understands, like, how shit life can be. So I just think it's important to keep asking as hard as that is. Yeah. I think I struggled a lot and I reached out to anyone and everyone. And when they made it worse, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to reach out to people. And then when I got therapy and it started working and I just cut out like the toxic people and just like focused on what I could focus on and like you said focus on what I could control I was like I have to accept that I'm sick mm. I can't run the marathons or like the 5k's that I used to really enjoy doing there was there was a few apologies but it was almost like I wasn't going to ask them for help again because I've got coping mechanisms that like my therapist and I worked on so when people were like oh, I'm sorry, and I, you know, I read upon this, and how can I help? It's almost like, I was not that it was too late, but it was almost like I found it draining to educate people even mm. more, and I was like, I kind of don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Everyone's got their opinion as well, and it, it it's kind of annoying. Like, when Charlotte was first diagnosed, uh, some people would, would, would be like, oh, yeah, you're going to go through this stage of grief and then this stage. And I'm just like, yeah, fucking, okay. Like, let's, let's get through this bit first. Um, or other people, like, other people are like trying to talk to me like, oh, there'll be more girls in the future and blah, blah. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like, again, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it, some people obviously were more, more sincere and thoughtful, but like thinking about it, there were like 10 different opinions coming at me all at the same time and I said this in a video that I literally just made like you know what's right for you you know you you you're the one that understands how you feel more than anyone and just it's important not to get confused by everyone else's opinion because they're just saying what comes to mind and what might be right for them or what they think is right for you based on their limited understanding of how you feel it's like knowing exactly what to do and how to cope isn't exactly going to come to you naturally but knowing what's best for you in that moment whether it is take a day off or do this or do that like that should should be your priority rather than listening to the person that says oh go to the gym or come on a night out or whatever like you know you've got to confide in yourself yeah I had a lot of oh if you start talking about your illnesses no one's gonna want you was that thanks for that that's what I needed to hear and then I got oh um just go to the gym you was you were always at the gym and I was like yeah but I can't move like my body was like felt like it was paralyzed so that wasn't helpful and then I got told do a bit of yoga and it's all about the mind and Gary V said this and I was like 
really not helpful um, right. to listen to. And then I gained weight, I lost weight. And it was just like people focusing on my appearance. And I was like, wow, the world really can just be a bit, you know, confusing. And I think sometimes people just don't know what to say at all. Yeah. And, and you can't blame them, you know, we, we both have had very unusual life experiences as I'm sure a lot of people listening have as well. Like not everybody's going to understand them. You know, a lot of people have a pretty easy life. Not many people, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah, some uh, nepotism babies or some people where you just think, uh, yeah, those guys how's it gone okay for you when people yeah. in LA with their soy lattes and pottery yeah. clients? Exactly, exactly. And and people aren't always going to understand, but that's why it's important to, to choose the right people to talk to, I think, whether it is a therapist or, or a friend or whatever. Do you think there is enough information out there about grief? Mm, that's a very good question. I don't know. Well, I'd lean more towards no. I don't really know if it's that well understood because mm. it's such a subjective thing. Even in like the little ecosystem that I was in of like Charlotte's family and my family and friends, like everyone handled it completely differently. And so it's like, how can how can a resource dedicated to teaching people how to cope with grief online be generalized to so many people? when those people are having such individual experiences, like I think it's very difficult to find that. And I, again, I don't want to keep driving home the same point, but that is why things like therapy are so important because it is one-on-one, -on -one. it's about you. Whereas, you know, how to deal with grief.com is going to be try, trying to publish information that's suited to everyone and not everyone that's reading that is the same. So I think there's probably enough general information about grief, but I don't think you can educate people on grief in a general way. And therefore, yeah, I think one-on-one -on -one methods are the most more appropriate. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I read a lot of books um, around illnesses, um, trauma. There, there's quite a few that are really good, and I've probably learned more from them than I have from like neurology. But one neurologist, I'm not going to name her. She wrote a book. It's one of the worst books I've ever read. I probably got paid for it because she was just reinforcing everything that most of us go through in the medical field, where they just gaslight you and say you became sick because you were trying to be an overachiever yeah. haha it's your own fault and it's like why would I want to read this or the kind they just say oh it's in your head and the last chapter was just laugh it off I was like I'm sorry what it was like medicine yeah. is the best laughter so just laugh it off um, and I just thought you've clearly never been in that type of pain okay. where you're just ready to give up so like for me it was just like I can't believe I paid for this. And I was like, <laughs> saying to people in the groups, like, don't buy this book. It will trigger right. you. So I, I guess like finding those kind of groups online have helped me sometimes. Mm. Have you found social media useful? Yeah, like in, in the context of um, like one-on-one -on -one interactions and, and communicate with people there, like, yeah. Social media for me now I think just the process of creating content and like telling those stories is also beneficial as is writing. You know, it, it's it's kind of like in a weird sort of way, it's a bit like therapy in itself because you're saying things that you maybe haven't said before. So I think social media, but it, it depends where you're coming from. If you're coming from it at it from like a content creation standpoint, I think it can help. It can also help facilitate conversations, obviously, but in terms of comparison, it can definitely be damaging, you know, seeing everyone else living like a perfect life and you're going through shit. Yeah, definitely. I know 
on my like Instagram for the past six years yeah there was like a good six years where I traveled around the world so and I worked abroad so my life looked pretty perfect even though yeah. I used to have like, panic attacks and then I felt so ashamed that I couldn't talk about being ill because everyone around me was sort of like ashamed of making me feel guilty but as soon as I spoke up about it it was like I'm so glad you said oh my god your life looks so perfect yeah. and um, a lot of people like messaging me and saying oh oh I've got a diagnosis of this and that um was helpful and joining groups with people with the same symptoms like telling me what to say to the doctors and how to go through pals and like complain and stuff that was helpful but when I was talking about recovery there was times where people were like how dare you recover and I was like trying to help you and they were like oh you've got a podcast well you can't be that sick can you and I was like I don't really qualify to be here and I don't I'm not there either so I'm like trying to carve my own path and then it's like so I'm not sick enough to be in that but then I'm not able enough to be around others yeah it's it's just like really weird yeah yeah and it's interesting what you said about writing like I watched a Netflix documentary called from the scratch or something and I was like oh this is a feel-good movie romantic spoiler alert it's about like terminal illness and I was like, and then I just thought, yeah, I'm never going to find a partner. So instead of like talking about it, I just started writing and saying, I'm actually going to write an article about this because it's all, it's almost like when people around you get into relationships, they start putting that label on you, like it'll happen mm-hmm. for you. And I was like, but what if it doesn't, am I not worth anything? But I was like, I was finding it so hard to like make a video about it. I was like, I'm just going to write. And I was like, <laughs> for yeah. now I'm going, I'm going to let you know. Um, <laughs> because I thought if I feel like that, maybe others do as well. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think the thing with writing as well is like, your your thoughts don't really make much sense. And that makes things very difficult when your mind is so overactive. But when you write, you pour those thoughts out and you have to arrange them in a way that does make sense and in a weird kind of way it's sort of like then because those structures are more coherent on paper or on a word document they kind of become that way in your head you know you and I know that sounds really weird but you write stuff down and it's like oh shit yeah like that does make sense whereas in your head it's just noise but when it when it's out there in in a in a what's the word I'm looking for like a in a format that people are able to understand it enables you then to also understand it you know so it can be really really beneficial definitely like a brain dump in a sense like you're just getting it out of your head and releasing it in a way exactly exactly so with mind cafe what kind of content can people expect yeah so we started on medium it's not everyone's heard of, but it's um, it's a, an app, a, a website, which is essentially like the the main hub for for written content. Medium sort of replaced like the old blog format, um, and they've got a massive audience there. So we started there, and we still publish like four to five articles there a day. So there's that. Other than that, I mean, we've got the magazine, although that's on hold for a little while. Um, but it's, I'll quickly show you actually. It's very nice, actually. I'm allowed to say that because yes. I didn't. I'll get Adrian. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so we've we've done about I think this is the sixth one. We've done a load of these. They're very just uh, 
you know, simple, easy to read, nice and relaxing. So there's that. And then the most recent venture is the, the TikTok and the, the YouTube stuff, which is just coming from me. And that's just me. Well, chatting really a lot of shit, but, you know, there's some some sprinklings of this kind of stuff in there as well. So it's just more stripped back. So Mind Cafe as a whole, if, if you include me as well, that's the kind of thing you can expect from us. And I've noticed there's a lot of like nature on your Instagram and all the content. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I mean, I just have a lot of plants in my life. Like there are a lot in here. Um, I flat in London before I moved back to Birmingham. Um, that had like plants everywhere. So it's, I just, it's a nice colour. They look nice. I, I do, I do also believe obviously that, that nature does make us feel good but I'm not like you know as sort of like hippy dippy as that that sentence might imply but it's just a fact I mean I also go through phases where you know I, I understand that a lot of things are good for me and I don't always do them you know and one of those things is being out in nature so I guess maybe there's a connection there as well it aligns with our brand it aligns with me you know in that sense and also it's just a friendly reminder to maybe get outside every now and then yeah definitely I know that especially during the winter and yeah. I like vitamin d and iron anyway I'm just like I need to get out at least for like 10-15 minutes and just like experience some sort of like nature because otherwise it just gets a bit like oh god it's like oh, dark three. it was it was way worse in London as well as you'd imagine yeah, and not to go on too much of a tangent here, but you know, at the end of the day, we are like we're basically aliens in this foreign world, surrounded by buildings and like what you know, this laptop and like all this stuff we've created. And you know, there's a reason that we feel so good when we just go for a walk down the canal, and it's because we're meant to be back in nature. You know, it's where we belong. And I just think, yeah, if I'm in a bad mood, I'll go for a walk and I normally feel better. That's not to suggest that anyone that's going through anything can fix it with a walk, obviously. But it, it definitely can can help with things. Yeah. But did you enjoy lockdown? Ah, uh, I kind of did, you know. You which is weird. <laughs> I'm one of those weirdos. I enjoyed it because I started lockdown in Barcelona. I was there for five weeks. Um, after three days, we got locked down. And I went there on a bit of a whim. I went on a networking trip to Barcelona for about three days. And then one of the guys that was there who I just met was like, oh, should we just come out here for five weeks? I'll just, just see what happens. I was like, yeah, all right. I generally say yes to everything. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. So got this Airbnb with this guy that I've met once, a lovely guy, Matt Sandrini. He's written a few stuff for us. And he's like 10 years old. He's become a bit of a mentor, to be fair. And then, yeah, three days in, they were like, yeah, we're locking, the, locking bus everywhere down. Um, and I was like, Matt, it's cool. Like two, they said two weeks. They said two weeks. So we'll just do two weeks. And then we got three weeks. And he was like, Yeah, I think it probably will be longer than two weeks. So I was like, No, 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 I don't think so. Two weeks passed. And obviously, they're like, Yeah, two more weeks. I was like, Okay, about two more, two more weeks. I can do that. And then after that, they said two more weeks. I was like, Fuck this. So I got booked a flight home. <laughs> and that's where I enjoyed it. Barcelona was was an interesting experience. I did enjoy it. But coming back home with my mom and my little brother, the weather was good. You know, I, I spent the days then creating the magazine. That's that's where it began. Um, so I had that. Me and my friends are doing a lot of like Zoom quizzes and stuff. Um, and I spent a lot of good time with my family. So yes, in a roundabout point, I'm saying, yeah, I did I did enjoy it, weirdly. 
yeah i hated it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it I mean, that's, that's the normal response to lockdown to yeah. be fair i definitely hated parts of but it everyone around me like talking going back to comparison was like yeah i'm losing weight and oh my god i'm ha- i've started this like book club and i'm learning languages and i was bedbound and yeah. i was ignoring the fact that i was ill because everyone else was like ignore it and just get on so i was making myself worse and then i was like how are you people enjoying this i don't get it and i just thought like to me it was so weird and even now i'm just like what like you would would you mean you enjoyed being and we're not designed to stay indoors and i'm definitely one of those people that needs to be outdoors so i was just like yeah it was like horrible i get i get you and and that's a completely reasonable response especially given like you know what what was going on for you at that time and and I get that for me it was um it kind of just made me appreciate really like simple things not always there were many days where I was like fuck this like I just want to go to the pub or whatever um you know for sure uh probably more more dislike towards lockdown than than actually I liked it but I just think when you look back on stuff you kind of forget the bad bits sometimes um so maybe I'm I'm not seeing it as clearly as as it was but it did yeah it made me appreciate like I'd get soup like the highlight of my day was was going for a walk yeah I think for a lot of people it was like oh my god 10,000 steps with my friend so yeah I think there were weird little things I'd look forward to that normally I just wouldn't even appreciate do I mean so pros and cons yeah I suppose when I was still like when I was starting to get a bit better and I confided in like one friend and we became really close and she helped me so much we'd go on these like mini walks and we'd go to like every like independent like coffee shop not all at the same time like not that bad with my caffeine <laughs> but like <laughs> we'd go like and have a little target sort of walk and then because I missed photography so much and I wasn't going to like the Peak District and take my camera and take a picture of like a duck or a tree. It makes a change from like icebergs and whales. But yeah. like I um, would do that and then we'd get like, we'd reward ourselves with like a coffee. And it was yeah. quite nice. At the time I was like, I'm ill, I'm ill, I'm ill. But I, I look back now and we don't really do that anymore. But it was, it was nice. It was yeah. something that once would have been like part of work, like going to work and just, getting a coffee whereas then it became like the highlight of my week yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. that, that no, I fully get that it, it definitely did that um alcohol consumption definitely went up I think for everyone to be fair um and and again weight and I, I lost a lot of muscle so you know there, there were pros and cons I'm just just trying to clarify that I'm not just saying it was all good um, yeah yeah it, it definitely did make me yeah appreciate stuff like just cooking a Sunday dinner with my family was like euphoric. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it was a weird, fucking weird year and a half. Yeah, definitely. Have there been any silver linings or what have the silver linings been through like your grief journey that you've been through and starting Mind Cafe? Like what's been that moment where you've just been like, oh my God, you know, if it wasn't for this, this wouldn't have happened? There, there have definitely been a few and, and not everybody will understand this um, because I think sometimes when I say that I got to be careful how I word this but in a weird way I, I wish it never happened obviously like I've, I obviously wish that yeah no one had to go through that but the fact that it has accepting the fact that it hasn't I can't change it the personal 
development that's happened as a result is something I'm grateful for because there was always this person I wanted to become that was more confident, that was more outgoing, that was more ambitious, that was more this, more that, more that. And I just could not figure out how to be that and went through the worst experience of my life, you know, that I probably ever will go through, I hope. And um, then realized like, oh shit, like I've, I've become the person that I want to be i'm not saying i'm exactly like completed life there's loads more to do but in terms of just personally feeling better about myself more confident and all of the things i just said like i was only able to become that because of that awful situation you know there's a there's a, a few quotes and some of them are cheesy like the one about and i'm not saying i'm a diamond at all but like the one about carbon going through like intense heat and pressure to become a diamond or whatever yeah. not a few like you know live laugh love facebook pages and shit everyone loves that one or like you know the other one which is like smooth seas don't make good sailors and they don't like the people that have had a very very easy life probably won't ever develop the depth of character they need to achieve worthwhile things and it is people like yourself and me and the people listening and many other people that are going through really difficult times but they do shape us and that doesn't exactly make it better in the moment it still feels like shit but looking back now, where I am and where I was, I wouldn't have this business without any of that situation. I wouldn't be talking to you. I wouldn't have any of like the qualities that I now have. I, I wouldn't be, probably, I would have been less happy, which sounds bizarre because I thought I was so like, I don't, I don't for one minute, minute want it to sound like I'm, you know, glad that happened because obviously I'm not. That goes without saying. I'm sure most people will understand that, but it did happen. And as it has happened, there are parts of the aftermath that I'm grateful for. Um, so yeah, there have been silver lines, and I think there often are. The hell was that? I think there often are in these situations because often it also can't get any worse, and, and the little little good things that do come from those situations are quite profound. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think I I get what you mean. Like I don't like being ill. I hate the pain. But if I didn't go through this and get to like crisis point, there's no way I would have got therapy, like good private therapy, talked about my problems from like childhood. I would never have like been able to communicate how I feel to people and like cutting out like toxic people. I would have just kept going and just said, this is life and worked crazy hours. I wouldn't have rested because I used to think that was like the worst thing to do. Now I'm, I was forced into it. So yeah, I have to yeah. like, Force, I have to force myself to rest like after this because I've done an activity I have to rest and then do something else whereas beforehand it would be like all oh, go 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 yeah and never stopping so like it's one of those things like it's horrible it happened at the time but there's no way in the past two years that I would developed into this person where I just I care less and I internalize I don't internalize other people's opinions as much as I used to whereas before everything was like I was absorbing it I was like oh this person said this and I have to be like this whereas now I'm just like that's your opinion and I've got things to do so really it, it puts things into perspective um you know I used to get wound up about traffic or this or that whereas now most of the time I'm just like well it, it's most people's comparison point is like they lost their job once which yeah is difficult to deal with or they um you know something bad happened but but your comparison point to that and, and mine is like yeah you know? and so for us now it's like well anything that like that that happens it's just like well whatever you know someone said that my nose is big or I've gained weight 
I don't give a fuck. Like it, it can never get worse than it was. And and yeah. most things now, like I'm not really phased by it. Also, it's it's made me way more assertive and way more um, you know, prepared to just tell people like how I feel about whatever it is, because it makes you realize that life is short and things can take a turn for the worse at any moment for any one of us. And that doesn't have to fill you with anxiety. It can free you because it's like, well, okay, I've got this time. And I yeah. won't waste that time thinking too much about the things that frankly don't matter. You know, if there have been times where like I've convinced myself I've had like a brain tumor myself or whatever. And in those moments, it's like, or you have a health scare or whatever. In those moments, you actually don't give a shit about any of the menial things that you care about normally. Yeah. And it puts things into perspective. It's like, well, actually, yeah, those things don't matter. Mm. You know? Yeah. No, so and it's very well thought. A lot, yeah, of, no. lot of random things bouncing around a lot of the time. No, no. <laughs> I get it I get it yeah trust me I know it's like like I'm not on the property ladder and I'm trying and then it causes me anxiety but then I'm like two years ago I wasn't gonna make it yeah, I didn't exactly. want to be like on the planet so like then I think ah, oh, I'll just sit down and read my book and have like my coffee and I'm quite happy and content and to other people that might just be like she's so boring or I love flying my drone and I went to the park yesterday just flew my drone for a bit mm. and I was like I love doing that and to other people it might be like weirdo <laughs> like yeah, yeah. something else you're 32 <laughs> yeah. but it just doesn't matter does it you know yeah, yeah. yeah when you look at how far you've actually come it's like yeah something to be happy about yes and say someone's listening and they're struggling with grief and they're not really getting any support around them what sort of advice would you give them on, on the support part particularly well I think there's, there's all there's always support like out there to be received there are many different charities or, or therapists or whatever you don't always have to spend money you know and, and a, a few quick google searches will show you that like there are plenty of places to receive support so if that's not coming from your friends or family then just know there are places to receive it and then just on a on a wider thing about grief in general I just say that well I've already pretty much said everything that I would say but it's, it's gonna feel like shit you know you can't get around that it's gonna hurt it might be the worst thing that's ever happened to you but you people always said to me when I was going through it like you you will never be the same and I always thought well fuck that's not a good thing but actually it is a good thing you won't be the same you'll be stronger and you'll be you'll be more resilient and you'll be more think you'll just have a better perspective on the world around you and, and it will change you but in a good way so just know that in the grand scheme of things like you'll look back on it and it will make sense but right now it's just going to feel like shit and do what you can to mitigate that feeling whether it is support whether it's whatever it is there's no right or wrong and don't listen to every Tom, Dick and Harry that tells you they know exactly what you should do because they don't yeah myself included <laughs> <laughs> definitely and what's next for you what's next to be honest um I'm really going to push the the TikTok and YouTube stuff because I've only just started but it's going quite well and the response has been very positive and although it always sounds silly to say like yeah my main goal at the moment is to become a TikToker it's like well I love to talk you know and it seems that some people like to listen so if I can find more of those people and do that more full time than I will. Um, the magazine is on hold at the moment um, just because of finances, but that will probably come back soon. 
but yeah, the, the next steps for me, it, it's a period of slow growth, um, not rushing to get to like some next big milestone. It, it's just, yeah, keep building, keep posting, keep improving on that stuff and see what happens really. Yeah, when you produce some amazing work, like I found you on TikTok, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, this guy seems um, quite interesting. And he's very like, the way that you were talking about like grief and stuff, I was just like, okay, a lot of people probably needed to hear that. Yeah, yeah, though it's difficult because those videos have performed really well and seem to resonate with people. And I'm, it's tricky because I don't want to keep starting every video with like, I lost my girlfriend to cancer, here's three things I learned. But it's like a lot of the things that I've learned did come from that. So, it's hard when you're, you're dealing with the fucking algorithms and stuff and everyone's got an attention span of like three seconds and there's just like a few people replied to like one of my videos about relationships with like some you know duets and stuff disagreeing with it being like because I basically said if you if you're desperately looking for a relationship you're not ready yeah just and people reply and were like well relationships are a key part of life and make you happy and, and I'm like yeah I, I would hope that goes without saying but I've only got 30 seconds to tell you everything I want to tell you so I can't cover every base you know so a lot of challenges with that platform but just gonna keep yeah. grinding keep grinding I think I started my TikTok before I got sick with like drone footage nice. and that and then I just stopped because I couldn't go on social media because I was so sick mm. and I, I just couldn't look at everyone else having a good time I was just like nope and then I was like, one day I was like, oh, F it, I'm just gonna post about being sick. And I just started being really sarcastic. Like, look at you all telling me to be positive, I'm cured. <laughs> and some people get the sarcasm and there's others who are like, well, you do look healthy. So why would anyone think you're sick? And I'm like, you know, when you have like brain tumor symptoms, because my illness does, used to mimic symptoms of a brain tumor, that's it, that's it. but it's functional not structural so it doesn't cause any internal damage and it won't appear on the scans so like for medical specialists they're like you're the healthiest person yeah. but your body is like still mimicking all these symptoms and I was trying to like put that forward on mm -hmm. TikTok and some people are just like are you is this all you're going to do talk about being ill it's like my account <laughs> my <laughs> purpose um yeah. yeah and there are times where I'm just like I don't want to be that ill person because there's other things that I do then I'll do like a random skincare thing hair tutorial drone footage and then back to it because someone will annoy me and I'm like back to the the real reason why I'm here I, I know what you mean and you I've kind of accepted yeah that the people like that are gonna come up um but I don't mind you know not everyone's gonna agree and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to, to get everyone to agree I'm actually trying to deliver like harsh truths that probably are going to be going to going to incite like yeah people not agreeing with me and um I, I don't mind too much I think with these platforms it's it's it comes with the territory doesn't it you know and it, people are always just kind of be like yeah, well what about this what about this? like yeah fucking uh yeah all right what about that you know like I can't, I can't cover every opinion you just got to be real you know I tried posting about a year ago and it was very like professional camera all the lights and shit and you know very polished and most views I got was like 6k and then a few months or however long later I tried again but I just filmed on my phone in my car and the videos like we're getting like 400 500k so it's it just kind of alludes to the wider point which is just just being more real you know not putting on a front and accepting that people are going to call you out on shit and they must be very boring people <laughs> yeah it's always the trolls without a face or a name yeah like username 19752 yeah. 
you've got a lot to say, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just like idiots, man. But any boy. last words? Last words? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you you know where to find me, the TikToks and stuff. Appreciate you having me on, and I've, there have been a few people that have reached out from TikTok, um, just you know for more specific questions about grief and and things like that. And just my inbox is always open. I'm pretty bad at replying, but um, I do always get back to people in time. So yeah, if anyone wants to, to ask any more questions, then feel free. It's at Adrian Drew with two underscores. Okay, I'll put it in the um, bio as well. So people can contact you but uh thank you so much it's been a pleasure speaking to you and i've certainly learned quite a lot yeah no i appreciate that thank you very much for having me on